Hello everyone, welcome to Nice Today FC. I'm Josh Taylor. And everyone, we've waited for a very long time, but it is finally here. After much of the take the shoot. Try one more time. <clears throat> Hello everyone and welcome to Nice Today FC. I'm Josh Taylor. Well, everyone, the wait is finally over. The Nisa League has finally dropped their 2022 season schedule. So I will share with you all the latest news and reaction so far from everyone on the schedule for the upcoming season. I'll also discuss the latest player signings that happened within this past week and the latest news from around the league. So we got an exciting show today, everyone. Sit tight and have some pizza or whatever you want to <laughs> drink and enjoy the show, guys. Some of these teams were teasing the schedules, filing, getting finalized, and posts and everything. And I was expecting, okay, probably noon Eastern time was probably when the schedule was going to get posted. I was expecting nearly 9 p.m. Eastern time to finally wait for the schedule to get posted, but it finally got posted. Now, a few things I noticed when the schedule was initially posted, some of the teams kind of broke their home schedule first before the league actually posted the whole schedule, so that was a bit confusing. And then also, when they posted it, I noticed when they mentioned all the teams, they had Michigan Stars. And in parentheses, they put Detroit in the middle there. So I was like, is the league still not over Detroit? I thought they would have been over Detroit by now. <laughs> I nearly took them off the header page, but they still got them featured on their homepage for some reason. So I'm not sure what's up with that. But that was just something I noticed. And uh, I know that the Michigan Stars technically claim themselves to be Metro Detroit's team, but still. Anyway, what I also noticed was a couple teams that still haven't had their homes finalized. And with Flower City Union, they initially, when the schedule came out, it said their home stadium was Auto Marina Stadium, right? But then when I checked a few days later, it says, now it says Rochester Community Sports Complex. Did, does anybody else notice that? Or maybe I'm just seeing things. So that's just a few things that... I noticed with the scheduled press releaser, I know it was a bit chaotic, but hey guys, the, the wait's finally over, it's out there, and we can finally have some excitement of get closer to March 26. Now let me just start with the league presser they posted the next day, which was Friday, February 4th. What I'll do is I'll read it. And then I will just give my thoughts on everything, just in case you missed anything. The National Independent Soccer Association today released the long-awaited 2022 season schedule, which features the table debut of four new clubs. Ten clubs will play in a single-table format of nine home and nine away matches plus regional play. It all kicks off on March 26 and includes 130 regular season matches over 30 weeks. AC Syracuse Pulse, Bay Cities FC, Flower City Union, and Valley United FC all make their NISA Pro debuts. Now, they have a quote here from the commissioner, John Pruch. He says, This has been a very tough offseason for the league. 
but we are in a better than ever position to move forward, says NISA Commissioner John Birch. Our foundation of owners is strong, and our schedule brings great balance to our club map. We have amazing players and coaching staffs returning to various sidelines. The competition will be fantastic. He also, on this press release, includes the not just the four new clubs he mentioned earlier, but the clubs that will be returning from the fall season. Albion San Diego, formerly 1904 FC, California United Strikers FC, Chattanooga FC, LA Force, Maryland Bobcats FC, and the Michigan Stars FC. They also mentioned here that the New York Cosmos and Stumptown AC have opted to sit out of the 2022 NISA season. However, they didn't mention anything in here about New Amsterdam FC and Chicago House Athletic Club. But I'll share my thoughts about that in a bit. Now, in the end, he ends his quote with, every member club has worked very hard to persevere through a very trying time, including playing the past two years during a pandemic, says Commissioner Pruch. We are on a mission to create a viable soccer environment based on merit, not on dollars. wonder who he's referring to there. That requires sacrifice and time. And our 2022 season will be an amazing demonstration of our collective resolve. The season runs through October 15th with a six-club playoff starting October 22nd with round one, semifinals on October 29th, and a final on November 5th. The two teams at the top of the table will air a first-round bye, and they just mentioned that you can catch the rest of the schedule details on their website, nisasoccer.com forward slash schedule, and that match broadcast and stream programming will be forthcoming. Assuming they will announce those details at a later date. So that was the press release that the league posts on Friday. All right, guys. So now I'm just going to kind of give you a brief recap of in case, in case you missed anything and just kind of share my takeaways on the league presser. Now, the league just announced their 2022 season schedule. They've gone away from the split, the fall, spring Format how we've been doing it, and now this will be a full year schedule. Ten clubs will play in a single table format featuring nine home and nine away matches, plus regional play to total 26 matches for the 2022 season. You're going to have five West Coast teams and five East Coast teams, and everyone will play four times against teams within their region, so the West Coast teams play each other four times and the East Coast team play each other at least four times. And then they will cross over and play each other at least two times um, throughout the season. The season will kick off on March 26th and includes 130 regular season matches over three weeks. And we already mentioned the new teams earlier, AC Syracuse, Bay Cities FC, Flower City Union, and Valley United. They will all be making their pro debuts for the season. The regular season will include on October 15th with the top six clubs qualifying for the playoffs. And as we mentioned, round one starts on October 22nd. The semifinals start on October 29th and the final will be on November 5th. And the top teams in the table will earn a first round bye. So that's in case you missed anything. So that is was the kind of brief takeaway from the league presser on the schedule. Now, just share my insights. I think the league 
how they have the schedule set up works very well. 26 games, probably fewer than most leagues. You see like USL League One or play like I think 30, 32 games. MLS I know plays at least 32, 34 games, somewhere around there. So a little less, but seeing as you have 10 teams, but I think the way they have it formatted is the best way they can make it work. Now you can tell with that amount of games, Nisa was initially planning to have 14 teams, but we know Detroit CFC left to join the USL Championship. New Amsterdam FC will not play, Chicago House will not play, and Stumptown AC will not play this year. Now, I think the biggest thing that I think the league make a significant improvement on is replacing cross-country games with regional play. We've seen so many times last year or the last couple of years where teams had to just cross over all the time. When I was working for a Chicago house, we had a scenario where originally, okay, it was like late October, early November, Chicago house, we would add our home game against Maryland Bobcats on the 23rd. And then originally we were going to play New Amsterdam in um, Long Island on October 30th. And then we were going to go to Chattanooga for a midweek game in the middle of no in the first week of November. And then the end of that game or that week, we were going to go to LA to play the LA force. That was our original schedule. So we would have had to go across the country, go from Chicago to New York, to Chattanooga to LA and then back to Chicago for our final two home games. But as we saw what happened, the Seagate Stadium had an issue with uh, resigning the field due to a concert, and we had to flip home dates with LA Force. So we were on the road for like three weeks. We were for early September. We had played Michigan Stars, played Cal United, played LA Force, and then we came home to play Michigan Stars towards the end of September, and then. For that schedule, how it was originally planned, we had to play New Amsterdam, then we played Chattanooga midweek, and then we came home to play LA Force back on November 6th. But, I mean, we weren't the only ones. You see many teams that were in that situation. So I'm very happy that the league made that improvement, and I think that will be a positive impact on teams' financials moving forward. Also, another thing I liked was most teams will get to play two to three of their cross-country matches within a week, so each club will only have to make a trip two or three times for the entire season. I think that's also a big improvement. And you also don't have to have their players and coaching staff adjust through multiple time zones traveling back and forth. So I think that's also a huge improvement. Next of my takeaways is, no mention of the Nisa Independent Cup, but based on how the schedule is formatted, you would think it would be sometime in late June or early July as far as a potential start for the Nisa Independent Cup. Probably July more likely. So that seems very possible that the Nisa Independent Cup would start around that time. Now, towards the end of the presser, Commissioner John Perucci mentioned that both the New York Cosmos and Stumptown AC will go on a hiatus for the season. But no updates on New Amsterdam FC and Chicago House AC. Now, New York Cosmos, not surprised. New York Cosmos, Rocco Camiso, he's more focused on his team in Fiorentina over in Serie A. 
And the only way New York Cosmos have any shot of coming back is either Rocco settles a team or we get some type of resolution between the lawsuit involving the NASL, which is the league the Cosmos were formerly a part of, and U.S. Soccer Federation. That lawsuit's been going on for four years. Doesn't look like we're going to have a resolution anytime soon on that one. As far as Stumptown AC is concerned, the latest rumor I've heard on them is that they are taking the season off to rebrand and relocate to a new stadium. And if the club does rebrand, the rumor is they'll be known as FC Carolinas, which is very similar to what we saw with formerly 1904 FC. Got bought out by a youth club, Albion San Diego, and now Albion San Diego is that team. So for some time AC, it looks like that may be the similar path that they're going to go. But no official announcement from the team or the league on that one. New Amsterdam FC. Oh, man. <laughs> Lawrence Gerard just doesn't want to let it go, does he? So a day before the schedule was posted, New Amsterdam posted some strange things on their Twitter page. Of course, we now know that Lawrence Gerard took over the Twitter account for New Amsterdam FC. First, he said that New Amsterdam FC and Chicago House AC are exploring founding a league launching in 2023, and it will be open system league that at Nisa League, Peter Will has always envisioned. One team, one vote, teams and fans own the league. And then Lawrence puts on here, DM us if you're interested in joining. Many teams are in already, which I take that with a grain of salt. Not really buying that unless Lawrence Gerard owns all the teams in that league. Plus, Lawrence has to consider... Are you even going to get sanctioning? Is that even a for sure thing going to happen? Don't think so. And that wasn't all. Now, the day before the schedule was announced, New Amsterdam FC responded on Twitter saying that them and Chicago House AC are considering filing a mandatory injunction to force NISA to include them in the schedule. That's the last update we've heard on New Amsterdam FC. I mentioned in my last episode that Lawrence Gerard did bring up some, you know, valid concerns on the league and based on everything we heard about in the past about paying the refs, being sports and all these issues. But Gerard clearly went the wrong way about it, and he didn't do himself any favors by posting wild tweets and threatening lawsuits, burning bridges with other owners in NISA League. And most importantly, New Hampshire FC didn't pay their dues on time. They didn't pay their dues, which is how they kind of got themselves in the situation in the first place and tried to pay at the very last minute, but it was too late. The league had already decided that they're moving on without them for this season. And I'm sure Gerard obviously is not happy about that, but look, man, you had months to pay your dues. That's the base thing you got to do, right? If you're going to play and they didn't do it. And not only that, according to the nice Sinisa podcast, they mentioned on I'm sorry, they posted on Twitter back on February 1st that the league had a board of governors meeting and that they had voted that New Amsterdam FC will not play in the league for the 2022 season. And it was a 6-2 vote. Now, I don't know how the whole voting process went down. I can only speculate that the new clubs that are joined for this season, they didn't vote. 
the two yes votes, I would assume, would be New Amsterdam and Chicago House. And in the other teams, Albion, Maryland Bobcats, Chattanooga, Michigan Stars, Cal United, and LA Force voted no. So that's just kind of my guess on how that played out. The weird thing about it is, despite all that, New Amsterdam FC still has Nisa League in its bio on their Twitter page. Now, I've also seen on social media that people are beginning to question the club's founder, Lawrence Gerard, on issues relating to f- fraud acquisitions with his company, Fruit Street, and he that he allegedly made some racist comments based on the previous company that he had worked with, Prevently Incorporated. This is according to at Taco Takes a Slice, at Taco underscore X86. He posted some leaked emails on February 1st about some stuff that Lawrence Gerard said to some of his previous employers for the company he used to work for. And it doesn't look good, guys. It doesn't look good. And he said some stuff that, let's be real, was clearly not appropriate. And ever since he posted that stuff, Lawrence Gerard has pretty much gone quiet on issues that you ask about fraud aggregations with his current company, Fruit Street, or racism. And they New Amsterdam and Lawrence Gerard have pretty much been quiet. So what a difference a week makes. So the only positive now, I guess, for the situation is, hey, at least we don't have to worry about Lawrence Gerard playing in goal for New Amsterdam FC this season in Nisa. Now let's talk about Chicago House for a minute. The latest update from Chicago House from Peter Wilt's message on Twitter is that on February 4th saying, quote, we continue to be in discussion with Nisa and are reviewing our options to play soccer this year. Thank you for your patience and support, end quote. Now, look, naturally, a lot of house fans were kind of freaking out, wondering what's going on with the house, why haven't we heard anything, and all this stuff. And when the schedule got posted and you didn't see Chow House or New Amsterdam FC on there, people naturally were wondering, you know, Chow House, everyone knows about the situation, about everything that happened behind the scenes in the offseason, and wondering, is this ever going to fold? Is the club... Is the club going to fold? And look, I've always felt that Chicago House, if anything, was probably going to take a year off. But Peter Will, obviously in that message, claims that the team may still play this year. It just probably won't be in Nisa Pro. And I always felt that as long as Peter Will is still committed to the project, then there's no way Chicago House is going to fold. I mean... I felt if Shaw was going to fold, Peter Will would have already left and move on to his next project. The fact that after everything the house has been through this offseason and yet Peter Will is still there trying to make things happen, I would take that as a positive. Now, what's next for Chicago House? I don't know. I think realistically, best case scenario is they find a way to build a roster to play in Nisa Independent Cup this summer. And then they play in Nisa Nation for the fall. I think that's the best case scenario 
that they'll play. They won't be in Nisa Pro, but the goal is to get back to Nisa Pro for 2023. I think that's the best case scenario for Chicago House. And knowing that Peter Wilt's still involved, hey, there's a chance that that could happen. We all know the worst case scenario is they don't play this year, but Peter's saying there's a chance. So I think we House fans should take that as a positive and hope that the House can, can move forward with their intentions to play later on this year. I still believe the best case scenario, especially after everything happened in New Amsterdam and Lawrence Gerard, Chicago House just needs to get a primary investor to get as far away from Lawrence Gerard as possible. Let's talk about the LA Force and Valley United. Their home stadiums are listed as to be determined. Now, LA Force, I am not surprised. They've done this for the past, what, year and a half now? So I would expect them to continue playing at different venues. I kind of wonder, though, can Nissan just work something out with Cal United Strikers to be like, hey, we're going to have both LA Force and Cal United just share championship stadium for the season. I know the Orange County Soccer Club and the USL Championship shares that stadium as well. They play there. So I'm not sure how it's going to work with three teams, but I'm sure Nisa would have to try to see if they can work something out with that. If not, they did play games at Valley High School Stadium this year, so they may have to play games there down in Santa Ana. Jesse Owens Stadium, that's where they played before. I don't know if they're going to go back there. They also did play games at Vanguard University, but as we know, that was the game where the lights went out and they couldn't finish the game. So unfortunately for LA Force, it looks like they're going to be bouncing around between different venues again for this year. Hopefully they continue to find a permanent home for the long term, just for the fans so they kind of know where they go play the games. Now for Val United FC, according to their club CEO and president, Troy Pierce, he mentioned on a podcast, on their team podcast, Val United AZ podcast last November, that the club will likely split games between Grand Canyon University Stadium, which is in Phoenix, and Arizona State University West Soccer Field, which is in Glendale, Arizona. Now, that might explain why there's a TBD on Val United FC for their home games, because they're still trying to get these contract agreements worked out between those two uh, stadiums. So that's the only thing I found why they're possibly in that scenario where it's to be determined for their stadium. So, hey, you know, I think for the most part, we're relieved that we got a schedule. We can build some anticipation and get ready for the season but i'm just curious guys opening day game would you be the most excited about chattanooga fc versus maryland bobcats fc fire city union against ac syracuse pulse also known as the i-90 derby i don't know if that's gonna be the official name but i've seen social media that's what they're kind of building up the rivalry as a potential name cal united strikers fc hosting Val United FC, LA Force, hosting Bay Cities FC. That's pretty much the opening matches for March 26th. 
I know Michigan Stars won't play until a few weeks later. They play April 9th against Flower City Union. Not sure what's the delay with Michigan Stars on that. But, hey, we're very excited to have games again for the season. And I'm looking forward to seeing what's next. But, yeah, guys, let me know which opening day matchup are you the most excited about. And let me know what you are most looking forward to for the upcoming 20 all right everyone let's talk about the latest player signing and league news from this past week and let's start in new york since they always see in the news lately former new Amsterdam fc midfielder jesus batiz has signed with mls next pro site rochester new york fc and this is a big deal because jesus batiz is a very talented player he scored some goals in new Amsterdam fc this past fall season and he's also played on the wing as well so a very versatile player great skill set also played for mass united as well and it's a huge gift for rochester new york fc as they prepare for their first season in mls next pro and i kind of wonder now now that we know new Amsterdam fc is not going to play chicago house at least in the short term is not going to play and we know sometimes ac will not play this year Makes me wonder if there are players that are still available will get picked by other teams. We've seen some NISA players move up to USL League One, and we've seen in the case of Detroit City FC bring in Reese Williams and Devon Amumensa from NISA to USL Championship. So we've seen some movement along the championship, USL League One, and now MLS Next Pro. So it makes me wonder, especially now we're getting close to the season kicking off in next month or in April for USL League One's case, that we'll see more activity with players that are currently unsigned get picked up by other clubs. Speaking of players getting picked up, Maryland Bobcats FC have signed a pair of young talents to their squad for the upcoming season. They have signed midfielder Philip Brown from their reserve team, and they also added goalkeeper Michael Hawk, and they hope to develop these players throughout the season and look at them as potential players that can be a key impact for Maryland Bobcats FC future in upcoming seasons for the club. Now let's go into the NISA League news. Albion San Diego announced its head coach and sporting director, and his name is Ziggy Koritowski. I hope I pronounced that right. But he has been involved with the club since 2016 when Albion San Diego was in NPSL. So he's basically a promotion from the youth team to now coaching the senior team. So it'll be interesting to see how that situation develops for Albion San Diego because it's, it's brand new. I wouldn't say brand new. They're taking over a previous club, but I would think they would keep some of the staff that they had from 1904 FC and bring in their own people as well to try to help them navigate through NISA. Because as we know, NISA, especially this year, no split now. It'll be a long season. And I'm sure Albion San Diego want to improve after they finished dead last 
last fall. LA Force, they also announced a coaching change. Talis Peterson has left the club, and LA Force didn't put much on the Twitter page. It sounds like to me, or reading that post, that Dallas Peterson is going to be moving on to a new challenge, a new opportunity somewhere. We don't know where that will be. We'll have to speculate. But uh, I'm sure it's, a, it's going to be a, a good opportunity for him moving forward. For LA Force, they announced that Leon Scharf will be taking over as the head coach to replace Peterson before the upcoming season. Chattanooga FC, they announced the return of their women's team after a three-year hiatus, rejoined the Women's Premier Soccer League for the 2022 season. And the Michigan Stars FC, they will be holding their professional soccer tryouts at the Michigan Stars Sports Center later this week. The dates will be on Saturday, February 12th, and Sunday, February 13th. All right, everyone, for my final thoughts, it's going to focus on mainly the preseason. I think now that we finally have some teams getting their preseason started and teams are starting to fill out their roster, it's very exciting. We got we got a schedule as well, and March 26th seems like you can't get here fast enough, but believe me, fans, it will be here before you know it, and I'm looking forward to seeing how things go with 2022 for Nisa, and I Definitely would hope that it's going to definitely improve from the previous season. Now, LA Force and Cal United Strikers, they're in their preseason right now. The Cal United Strikers just finished their first preseason camp. We have not heard any updates yet on what players have been signed out of that group. I know the week before they posted like a 37-player tryout roster. And... Probably when we get close to the March is probably we'll start hearing updates on when or what players will be signed for that group for the upcoming season. The Flower City Union, they are going to be doing a preseason training documentary called Behind the Union. And I think this is very creative, especially for a new team joining a new league in a place like Rochester that hasn't had professional soccer I believe since 2017. I believe that's the last time the Rochester Rhinos had played. And it's an interesting time for Rochester right now because you're not going to have just one new team. You're going to have you know, Rochester, New York, FC, and MLSX Pro. So two new teams joining at the same time. So it'll be an interesting dynamic for the city of Rochester on what their fans will have their loyalties to. And, of course, Fire City Union – going to plan to do big things. We have not heard any updates on their coaching search, but I have to think that they would have to make that announcement pretty soon. So we'll see how it goes. And I think with them being very active on social media, we'll get an update on not just a coach, but hopefully a few more player signings as well. LA Force, they just played a friendly this past weekend against LA Galaxy 2. But I try really hard, guys, to find a score update somewhere. Like, who anyone scored some goals or nothing. But I checked on Instagram. I checked on Twitter. No one posted any updates on what the score was. So I guess I'm going to have to go with a 
nil-nil draw, I guess, to, to make it fair enough. Now, Value United FC, they just announced they're in preseason right now, getting ready, but their first preseason game will be coming up on February 25th against Phoenix Rising FC, and they will have that match later on this month, and that's great. Great so far. The West Coast teams are getting their preseason going. I haven't heard about Bay Cities and when they're going to have their preseason started. Um, the East Coast teams haven't heard much on their end, but I have a thing it's going to be starting up soon. Probably schedule up some friendlies, some closed-door scrimmages, and get ready. And with March 26th, about, about a month and a half away right now, so should be enough time to maybe get at least two, three, maybe four games in at the most to get ready for the 2022 NISA season. All right, everyone. All right, everyone. Thanks for hanging in there. But that will conclude today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, you can send direct messages my way on my personal Twitter page. It's at JT underscore Taylor 88. And if you like the show, please follow us on all our social media handles. On Twitter, it's at Nisa Today. I'm sorry. On Twitter, it's at Nisa underscore Today FC. For Instagram, you can also follow us at Nisa underscore Today FC. And on Facebook, we have our Facebook page. It's at Nisa Today FC. I'm still working on some interviews. Once I get those confirmed later this month, please follow our social media pages and I will let you know. But I think I've got some pretty good lineup of interviews coming right up. So stay tuned for those updates. All right, everyone. Will you enjoy the rest of your week? And I'll see you next time.